All right, so let's uh let's start here with First Corinthians two. But before we get into First Corinthians two, you know, when we talk about back to the basics, we started talking about it because God wants to challenge us to a spiritual maturity. And you know, you know, it's tough because you know, even in our natural lives, a lot of times we don't want to grow up. And so so when you start to hear stuff, when you haven't wanted to grow up and when you're trying to get around being responsible, it's gonna you're gonna sense convicting. But a lot of times people will focus on the convicting part of the message, but not continue to stay focused in the completion of the message. So like you could walk away and and just just be you know, you ever just hear a word and something is said and you're like, oh, man, I ain't been doing that. And you could spend all your time focusing on that. And God has given you the solutions, the options, the considerations or how you can actually, you know, get out of that conviction. But the conviction is ringing so loud. So then you you, you may walk away. And you're like, man. You know, for the last seven services, all I did was get convicted. But there was so much other meat to uh, pull you out of that thing, not let you uh, live in that. And and so uh, we're going to start today where we ended last week. And we said we talked about cutting out what you can in your life, cutting out what you can start from where you can and let the Holy Spirit meet you there. Start from where you can. So, yes, we're talking about a level of dis- discipline and sanctification, but remember at our church, we always talk about take the next best step from, from where you are. Take the next best step from where you are. So, look at some things that you can change. We were driving here, my wife was like, Well, you know, I'm offering up from time to time, just not turning on the TV. She says, I know my flesh wants me to turn it on, and she may turn it on later. But she, she just for that moment, she's going to go as long as she can to not watch that TV. You know, that's something you can do. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's certain things that we can do. Uh, and, and, and again, it doesn't always have to be all or none. So as you grow into hear this stuff, a lot of times we think all or none. So we look at the all and then we do none. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like... Yeah, as opposed to, I can't. It's unrealistic for me to go from none to all. So I'm gonna do what I can do. Ty, who you, you who you bring with you? Your cousin. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, all right. So we understand that um, some of us have not wanted to grow up, and you have, a, and we all have the right. You have the right not to grow up. That's called the right of choice. You know, God said, I said before you, life and death, blessings and cursing. The only only time it becomes really dangerous or more dangerous, because it's dangerous not to want to grow up, is when you feel like you need to attack God's word and compromise others to do it. So, so there's one thing to say, okay, I hear this. I'm not feeling this. I'm not doing it. Okay, that's dangerous. But now it's even more dangerous to... I got to figure out a way to justify not doing it by attacking God's word. I think that's dangerous. And then what's even worse, I, I need misery loves company. I need help. So I got to convince this person to, to comfort me. So now I'm going I'm, to I'm sell them on my perspective, not God's now. And then I'm going to hope they actually support what I'm doing. So now I'm not by myself. I'm comfortable. And the more people I can get, even if it's just 10, I got 10 voices around me where, see, I'm not the only one. That's dangerous because you're affecting people's lives. You may have a high tolerance for compromise, but that doesn't mean everybody do. Just like you can have a high tolerance for drinking, somebody else can run into a tree tomorrow and be paralyzed from the waist down. But you may just have a higher your body may absorb it better you see what I'm saying so that's not fair so just just let's think through that you know and and think about now growing involves embracing the uncomfortable it's one of the things I've always told my son and anybody I've ever mentioned you got to be willing to do the uncomfortable so growing is going to involve bracing the uncomfortable pressing 
through the temptation to quit. Pressing through the temptation to quit. And I know sometimes it's like, man, there's so many things you have to do, especially if you've been chilling. And respectfully, a lot of us have grown up in our life and we couldn't wait to be on our own. And what did you say when you was going to be on your own? I can't wait to be on my own. Why? So I could do what I want to do, right? And then you come into the kingdom of God and you find all these things that you need to be doing. You know, but it's coming against you having, and, and me and my wife are talking about this driving here, like playing off of that one stage of your life, which is a big stage, you know, 18 years in, in a household. Well, some people's been 17, some people's been 16, some people 15 or 14. But th- those early years is tough. And then when you fight, because you think your parents is tripping and you want to be on your own, then you come into the kingdom and you find things you need to do. A lot of times we're just like, no, I said I was going to be on my own and I was right. And and we're doing this to our demise and to our frustration. So, for example, parents were growing up told us to brush our teeth, right? Y'all tell your kids, I hope. Yeah, y'all tell your kids to brush their teeth, right? But it's a benefit to them, right? Now, some of us decided we weren't going to brush our teeth, we're paying for it. You pay for it with either braces, not, well, not braces, because that's just, you know. But you know what I mean, like. But you're paying for it with bridges, with retainers, uh, cavities. Uh, some, uh, uh, some people are just, you know, probably a couple of teeth away from false teeth. So, so they have to pay, f- they pay for it all because, I'm going somewhere with this, all because they neglected instruction and they fought, I don't want to do that. So when they got grown, they like, brush my teeth when I want to. As if you're punishing your parents. No, it costs us. Everything in this life, there's something that we need to do. And I know it's tough because some of us were, were, have been nurtured or babied most of our lives. And so when you hear these Things that you need to do, you'll, you, you can look at through the lenses of prevention. But it's not prevention, it's protection. When your parents were telling you to brush your teeth, they were protecting you against cavities. The street lights are protecting you against accidents, right? It's, it's, it's not prevention, it's protection. You know, we go to, the first time we went to New Jersey, I was telling her, okay, you don't want to do this, you don't want to do that, don't pull out your money, this, that, and the other. I was trying to protect her. I wasn't trying to, now, when I go uh, in certain places, and it's not all in New Jersey, when I go to certain places, I gotta be have my head on a swivel. I can't park my car everywhere. Some of y'all don't even deal with that. You go wherever, you, your hometown, and you just park wherever you want. You go shopping, you just park. I can't do that in Newark. I have to, I have to park my car in a certain place where I know it's not gonna be an easy target. You see what I'm saying? So it's a, it's a different culture. I just can't be walking around, pulling out money, and stuff like that. No, no, no. Because I got to look who's around because I'm a target. So so that's not, nobody in Newark sat me down. You better do this. You better do that. No one's trying to punish me. I have to be attentive to, for protection. And this is what our, our spiritual walk, our life in the kingdom is about. It's about uh, protection. And, 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 and so we got a challenge. My wife said this. I thought it was powerful. She said, think about what you're thinking about. And so I'm going to ask you today as you listen to this teaching, when something either convicts you or rubs you the wrong way, or if the first thought in your mind is, I'm not doing that, think about what you're thinking about. Because Pastor Keith, whether you believe it or not, is not sharing his personal preference. I'm sharing what does say of the Lord. So if, if, if it crossed your mind, I'm not doing that, or it doesn't take that, you're not coming against me. All right? All right, so, so I'm just setting a little groundwork here. And so, so, so it's amazing how, because I, I, you know, I was just meditating through how some of this growing up stuff is tough for us. And I think we need to be man or woman enough to embrace our choice to not do God's word without twisting his word or twisting God's people to justify it. Listen to what I said. Be man or woman enough to embrace your choice. So I shared this testimony with you when I went to New Jersey. I was talking to a family member, and they were unapologetic about how they was rolling, drinking or what have you. And I talked to them about the, the Lord and the, and the Word like I do, but I, I told my wife I respected them because I related. 
I was unapologetic. When I was out there, I wasn't trying to hide it. This is how I lived. But guess what? I wasn't trying to make choices for you either. This is how I lived, and I'm willing to deal with the consequences. When I recognize the reality of the consequences, I'm not living like that because I don't want to deal with the consequences. But I didn't, I didn't have to twist other people. Like, I didn't need a team to compromise is what I'm saying. I ain't need nobody else. <laughs> hey, I, I, was, I was on my way to hell all by myself. <laughs> all right? And, and so, so I'm saying we have to watch that. Because I, I think about how we struggle sometimes with saying, man, it's hard to share the gospel. Because sometimes we get convicted when you start to hear about God's requirement to share the gospel, speak the truth in love, confront other people. It's amazing how we don't share the gospel, but we have no reservations about sharing the gossip. That's, it's just amazing. Like, we could sit around in a corner, and it, it might be something a Pastor Keith, the Pastor Mel said. We won't share it with them, but we'll sit around in the corner and talk about that thing and let it fester. But how come we don't say, man, I, just, I, I can't just share this gossip? You know, that's, this, this gossip is difficult. Well, we just flow the gossip out with no problem. How, so that means we have the ability to share. We just need to shift from the gossip to the gospel. Right? All right, just, 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 just uh, setting a little track, right? It's, uh, and then we struggle. We say we don't like sharing the truth because, you know, we know it makes people uncomfortable. But we run to communicate the tricks in the trash. We don't want to share the truth, but we'll share the trash and we'll share the tricks. Right? And so God, God is trying to get us to just um, divert our energies into uh, being more kingdom-minded. You know, sharing the commandments, not liberally sharing the compromise. Sharing the commandments because we've been sharing the compromise. You know, We'll share the, I don't think it take all that and those things. And realize, like, if, you, if you're in someone's face, the scripture talks about this. Let's uh, try to think of Isaiah 47 or Ezekiel 47, I believe it is. Um, but it talks about uh, the, the people was committing adultery and nobody said nothing to them. It was like your, their blood was on your hands. It's all through the scripture, you know. You realize, like, if you are around a situation and you have a truth and you don't share it, that person's blood is on your hands. You were, you think it was a coincidence that you were there and you viewed it. You see what I'm saying? But it's not, you don't have to punish nobody. You could, hey, me and my wife talk about this a lot. Just ask a person a question. Like, where do you see this going? I'm just curious, like, like, you may not like me after the day, but I love you. And man, if I don't if I don't share this with you, I don't know what's gonna happen in your life. Me and my son, we were talking this week. My son is not doing nothing crazy, but but I had to make him aware of something. And so I was telling my wife, I said, you know, I, I think the the struggle we struggle with. I know I'm spending a little time around the word, but we struggle with just speaking the truth or confronting situations, and it'd be simple stuff. Like, like 90, probably 7, 8% of people in the world don't share the truth with people. They'll just blow it off. Like, they'll think something. Like, if somebody rub you the wrong way, that's the time to tell them, hey, I don't know what your intent was, but what you just shared, this is how it affected me. Because they might not be aware. Like, you remember, you remember I shared, uh, when I talked to people, I... I when I talk to people, I go into the conversation saying maybe they're not aware. I think we should all do that. Don't just get mad first. Go into the conversation going, maybe not, not aware of when they talk like that or, or when they communicate like that around me, it has that effect. So let me just ask them, hey, when you share that, what do you think the effect of that is? I'm going to just let you know how it's hitting me. Or you, I notice you're doing this and you're doing this around me. You're comfortable with doing this around me. If I care about you, I'm going to just let you know, this, this, it scares me, the choices you make. Now, I didn't have to have that extreme conversation with my son. It was just something that, that it was a situation that I wanted to make sure I could have just let it roll, but I would have been enabling him. 
And so I would have been training him not to be responsible for his word. So I said, hey, how was you going to handle this one situation? Did you think about it? Did you forget about it? And then we talked through it. Man, Dad, I ain't even really. I wish I, I, I didn't took care of it months ago. I just hadn't think about it. Now, it was his responsibility to think about it, but, but my wife would tell you, I didn't go in there mad. I just went in there, hey, let me just talk to you. I had another situation on the phone where the person told me one thing, they told me one price, gave me another price. And I was like, well, maybe the price changed. But then, I, then the Holy Spirit was like, well, you won't know until you ask him. I said, well, you first said this. And then, and then uh, I said, so has, has everything changed? And the guy said, oh, man, I thought you said 2019. You said 2017. It doesn't cost as much. My bad. But I had to ask the question. And I'm living a life now, and you, some of you guys realize this because you're around me. I'm going to ask you the question. Now, I, I may look like boo-boo the fool. You may go, ain't nobody thinking that. But it's better me getting that from you than me storing something. Right? And so, so, so hopefully through this teaching, as we talk about maturity, it can challenge us not to be walking around with blood all over our hands or walking around not speaking... <laughs> Uh, not speaking the truth in love. All right? Um, and, and, and this may be difficult for us, but uh, I just made the case God is requesting that we re- redistribute our efforts and set our affections on things above. So now, the, the shift in what God is going to require from us is going to be a little different. So we can't, don't excuse yourself from just, just loving people enough to share with them the truth and releasing them from the bondage that they're in, okay? All right, so let's go to 1 Corinthians 2. That should bring us up to speed. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2. Uh, and again, we, we're talking about, uh, of course, it's back to the basics. We've been talking about spiritual maturity. We talked about growing. We ended last week with find something you can challenge yourself that you know God is not pleased with and just start doing that. And it could be, you know, as soon as, I, as soon as I wake up in the morning, I turn on the news. Well, maybe not turn on the news as soon as you wake up in the morning. You know, we could do that. You know, you're just hearing about drama all day. Or it could be as soon as I walk in the house, I turn the TV on. Right away. Could be I'm going to avoid that for two hours or an hour, something. But just start uh, changing something, you know, changing some things. I'm going to listen to more worship. Um, just just make a decision to do that. So First Corinthians 2.14. Now, why are we doing it? We're talking about sanctification. Um, a spinoff a little bit from where we ended last week. Uh, and why is this sanctification important? You're going to. You, you should really love what God has for us today. So it says, but the natural man receiveth not the things of God. It's First uh, Corinthians 2.14. For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, be intimate with them, because they're spiritually discerned. You know? Uh, but he that is spiritual judges all things, uh, yet he himself is judged of no man. So it says the natural man doesn't understand, can't comprehend. I know this is from a master life. Uh, Cannot, can't comprehend the things of God and so when we're in the flesh and we're in the natural we haven't sanctified ourselves it, it's not it's not far-fetched that a lot of stuff that you hear spiritually is going to be foolishness it, it wouldn't be far-fetched that you go that doesn't make sense to me well I just don't see that well I don't well of course it's foolishness if you've at that state and that's what I mean we have to grow up we have to be honest with ourselves if we're not sanctifying ourselves we're not going to see the same. Jesus, Jesus' first sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, this is after we talked about on, on Sunday, the power that he was operating in, in a, uh, after he was tested. And he, he teaches, number one, the Beatitudes. There's like nine Beatitudes, how, the attitude and how you should be. So Jesus, first thing, it wasn't he didn't walk through the Gospels. He didn't walk through uh, what Isaiah, Genesis, you know, just walk through the Bible. Jesus was preaching. And the first thing he preached was how you should be. That's, that was nine B's, B attitudes, how you should be. And then the next thing was, is woes. What you want to do? Oh, whoa, whoa, you don't want to do that. And a part of that was, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. That's a part of it. I'm not going to, for today, because I have another thing I'm going to teach on. But there's a part down there where he really starts getting into if you're, 
Look, okay, Jesus said I can't fulfill the law. Now next week we're going to get into the uh, the the one saved question, but so we'll 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 really hit that. But he said this is what Jesus taught. Look, Jesus taught everything that related to what they was dealing with at the time. Jesus didn't teach like just I don't know. We could pick something, you know, just going through the story of Matthew or or Joseph or whatever. He didn't do that. He actually really got into what was customized needed at that time. And I highlighted, blesses all the pure in heart, for they shall see God. That had to be important if he said it, right? He talked about humility in, in, in those beatitudes. He talked about meekness in those beatitudes. He talked about purity in those beatitudes. He talked about forgiving those that despitefully use you in those attitudes. In those atti- so, so he said that, and and it, and it would be foolish. Something it would be foolishness. It was foolishness to them. Jesus was sharing the word. They they was hating Jesus because of the word. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll go go over next week. You'll see that they hate you if you had a word. So it's not far-fetched. If you share the word, people are going to feel some kind of way if they're in the flesh. They felt that way about Jesus. He said, yeah, the reason why they're rolling, they rolling with you different because I gave you the word. If I never gave you the word, everybody be like babying you again. But because I gave you the word, Melanie Bradley, people going to roll, roll with you different. Are you going to stand in what I gave you or are you going to dumb down that, that what I gave you, the word, that light and just to conform or, get, or gain their acceptance again so is their acceptance more valuable than mine right alright so that, that was 1 Corinthians 2 and Ephesians 5, let's go to Ephesians 5 Ephesians 5 again we're talking about spiritual maturity but we're talking about sanctification All right, so familiar scriptures here. Uh, Verse 15, it says, See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Now, that connects to the other scripture because it's saying you have to be discerning not to be a fool, not to see it foolishness. So it says, see that you walk intentional. Um, Don't don't just be winging it or be all over the place, right? Or don't be walking by your feelings, right? It says redeeming the time, that which, which means maximizing your moments, because the days are evil. If, you, if you're not intentional, just existing in the course of a day, uh, it'll take you out of God's will. 17, wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding, uh, my wife emphasized this, what the will of the Lord is. So, so, we, so if we don't know what the will of the Lord is, the scripture saying we're unwise. Right, we're not going to operate wise, so we want to operate and find out what the will of the Lord is. Right, and so, so all this is preparation for purpose. Like we we talk about purpose, well, we want sometimes we go, man, I just want to know what my purpose is or what it is. It, it's a preparation for purpose, but it 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 takes something to fulfill purpose. And, and our preparation for purpose is based on a few things. Number one, we've been talking about spiritual, spiritual maturity. So that's the number one thing, our preparation for purpose, which sanctification is a preparation for purpose, and it's based on these three things. Spiritual maturity, which is living by faith. The just shall live by faith. That's spiritual maturity, Romans 1.17. Another thing is... How could I say it? I'm, 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 uh, this is one sentence, but it's going to cover a few things. The other thing is our humble, meek, sanctified, obedient position before God. So our humble, meek, sanctified, obedient position before God. So it's spiritual maturity, that's number one. But the other thing is humble, that means I'm not filled up, I'm coming to be filled up. See, because hum- to be in humility is empty of self, right? Meek, 
I'm not seeking to be refilled with self. Like we were talking about Sunday, you got an empty cup, you're not pouring the, the craziness back in it. So meekness is not seeking, it's not self-seeking. Humility is empty of self, right? So I have to be, be coming to be filled, but not trying to go back into my default to fill myself up with the same selfishness and craziness. Of course, sanctify, setting myself apart for God. And obedient, what God shares in his will, that's what I'm playing off. I'm playing off of, I want to do God's will. At least that's my target, right? So every day I'm trying to do more and more of what God's will is for my life. All right? It's not easy, but it's fulfilling if we do it right. So sanctification is a key. It's a key to wholeness. Because God has designed us for a full life. Scripture says in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, I'll just give it to you. We don't have to go there. But it says, and the God of peace sanctify you wholly. Set you apart wholly. Spirit, soul, and body. Every aspect of your life. Wholeness covers every aspect of your life. Salvation is wholeness. We talk about that here a lot at the church. It's from the word sozo. It means wholeness, completeness. We've been talking about perfection or maturity. It's every aspect covered. Like, like you know, as, as uh, I watch the kids as they grow, there's certain things uh, in certain stages that have not developed, right? There's certain things that have not developed, so you're hoping they develop, right? So it's not good as kids are growing up, go to your room, go to your room, go to your room, Right? Because you're not stimulating them. They're asking questions for a reason. You know, uh, you know as, as young ladies brought her daughter here, so I was going in the airborne. So why are you going in there? So I answered her. Um, so I have to go in there and get something. Well, why you got to get something? Well, I have to go get something to take up front to the church. Well, why you got to take something up front to go to the church? I said, well, I have to take something to go up front to go to the church because it's something that we're going to do in the service that I need to do. Well, why do you have to do that? Like everything I said, it was a why. But she was asking questions. And guess what? I was answering her questions. Because they're answering questions for a reason. Now, if we don't, if, we, if, if we're impatient or we don't understand the, the responsibility we have in terms of care, we can stunt their growth because they're not being stimulated. And if they're not being stimulated, they grow up to be adults that when they hear basic instructions uh, before leaving earth, the Bible, They'll be like, see, that's, that's just too much. Slow that down. Well, that's only because they have not been stimulated to absorb the capacity to receive has been limited. So, so what happens? You have to stretch the capacity. A person doesn't dumb it. Look, Jesus, read through the Bible. If you read through the Bible, the disciples didn't understand them. Jesus was talking, they didn't understand them. Jesus didn't stop what he was teaching. He knew that I got to be consistent with them and I'll stretch their understanding. I, had a, I did an after school program at the church. It was, uh, we did uh, basketball and we also did flag football. Now these kids were just learning. And so before, it's maybe like two or three months, all these kids was playing with both hands, could shoot with both hands. So one day, a parent comes in and the child is doing the drills and shoot with left hand. Jimmy, you're right-handed. I said, shh. He don't know the difference. So instead of dumbing it down, they were given, they were, a demand was placed on them to grow them or to elevate them. And that's the thing. Sometimes we try to arrest everybody because so we don't have to stretch ourselves. But God has put these people and, and, and these demands on you to stretch you. And if you, and I'm sharing this with you, you can always go beyond where you've been. Some of you haven't really tapped into your genius. There's more genius in you than you realize. Pastor Mel tells a testimony how she was in school. She got all, all bad grades in high school, aced all the classes in college. But the, but, but the interesting thing about the difference between high school and college, she was dealing with a lot of drama in high school. She had a baby as, as when she was, uh, she got pregnant, she was 15. Ain't nobody trying to focus on school. You trying to figure, I got a baby? I, I want to go to the parties like everybody else. 
you watch some of your kids, look at the drama going around them, and you could tell it's affecting their focus. Some of us, the drama around you is affecting your focus, but the drama is facilitated because you've been in the flesh. But you ain't, you ain't, you, you don't have a limited level of comprehension. You just have never used it. I have a, I'm, okay. They be flipping these things, so, so I'm blurring this eye that's farsighted, right? So if I close my eye like this, it's blurred, but I can see this mic up here. So I think it's the opposite. Okay, so I'm nearsighted. Is that right? Well, I can see this. Okay, okay, so whatever. All right, just to say, let's say for, for this conversation, we'll just say nearsighted. Would that be good? Just for this conversation. So, so one day I went to the eye doctor, and uh, they put, you know, they put the little lenses in the, in, the, in the thing for you to see. So when it got to the lens where I was supposed to see out of this eye, ah, I, I jumped out of the machine. I, I've told the story before. It's painful. So the guy says, uh, when you was a kid, this guy didn't grow up with me. He said, you're supposed to wear a patch over, over your right eye, wasn't you? I said, how'd you know that? He said, because they told you that to, to exercise or to stimulate, to work the muscles in your left eye. He said, you have sight in that eye. You just never used it. What I'm saying is, that's where our level of intelligence is. You have the intelligence, but you can't smother that intelligence with, with lust and like the things that cloud you. That, that wouldn't even, it's like defeating the purpose. I wanna, I wanna be smarter, but I'm gonna do the things that make me more clouded. You understand what I'm saying? So all it is is stretching. You know, uh, you know, I, I do this. I've been doing this for ages with everybody I'm around. I always try to put people in situations that places a new demand on them so they can see what they really can do. No different than God said in the wilderness, to humble you, to prove you, so you would really know what's in your heart. So I might tell somebody they never even used a computer. Hey, 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 why don't you go over there and start working with that computer? Because they don't realize they can do it. The same level of, 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 of intellect they have to master what they're good at is the same level of intellect they need to master what they're uncomfortable with. It hasn't changed. It doesn't, you just shift in the energy over to something else. It's all the same system, right? All right, so just, uh, just, just keep that in mind uh, as we talk, we talk about preparation for purpose, redeeming the, dime, re- redeeming the time being intentional and another reason for this sanctification is my wife was sharing this earlier today and she was talking about you know because she's been studying for the uh one night with a king the tabernacle and things like that she was like wow she says you know uh you know the temple was 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 clean it was you know she was like man that thing was you know that it wasn't just in general it wasn't filthy and i said well think about it. you can't come before god polluted that wouldn't even make sense you're coming for the holy with all types of corruptness in you. So, so, so the Bible, which we'll read a few scriptures, so you have to sanctify yourself become, to come before God. And so, so she was like, oh, baby, we're the temple now. That's what the Bible says, we're the temple of the holy one. So we're not necessarily going to, yes, we're in the sanctuary, but even before the sanctuary, the, the scripture tells us to uh, uh, present ourselves as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto him, which is the least we can do. Because we're the temple of the Holy, holy One. So I'm, I'm curious as to how do people justify knowing that God, Christ died, you were made a, the temple and but you're living unsanctified. Like how do you how do you, that's not to put nobody down, it's just how do you justify and how do you reconcile that in your mind? Now I get it if you say, man, I'm trying to get there, but I'm not getting I got that. But I'm saying when, when, when there's an a, a edge to say, I don't think it take all that. Like, that, that statement is to be respected, but where is it being pulled from? Is it being pulled from sanctification and holiness? Like, where is that? You know, like uh, we talk about it all the time. Somebody might, well, I, I, you know, you read that. I... I don't agree with that. Okay, that's to be respected, but you don't agree with it based on what? Because you you're, you you know you're clear in your thinking because you set yourself apart to make sure your lenses are clear, or are you in the flesh and it just don't feel good? 
Because if you tell Pastor Keith or Pastor Mel or ministers or everybody, hey, I think you should, you should come at that a little different, it won't just affect your life. It'll affect everybody's life. So are you willing to stake everybody's life on it? I get personal preferences. Personal preferences is going to affect you. But when you start to bleed those out and start to communicate those things or challenge a truth, now you could be affecting God's people. I don't think God's going to be pleased with that. Right? That's why I don't teach personal preference up here. You know, I, or I don't teach politics. That has nothing to do. There's some things that people do politically that's, that's in line with the Bible or not, but, man, we be, the church would be divided. Because there's some people that's undercover Republican and there's some people that's Democrat. Like different, different, very few people really have studied out policy. Very few people even know what the, the, the Senate is and the House is and all that. But they be, I'm voting for such as, you know, they don't even really know. They don't have time to, if they, you don't have time for the word. I know people ain't got no time to be studying out the Senate and all that. You just be going with, the, the, they say on the TV, and the interesting thing on the TV is, it's a lot of it is propaganda. Certain channels are automatically swayed a certain way. So it depends on what channel you watch it. Right? Now, now, I'm not saying that because I don't know about policy. I don't know what the Senate is and the House and, the, and all that stuff is because I do. I was around a political science pastor. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But what I'm saying is I can't be communicating that from up here. Personal preference to justify, you know, whatever my compromise is, which... I can't be living in compromise. So sanctification is also to be different from others, to be different from others. So it's maintaining your fearful and wonderful status. You're fearful. So God fearfully and wonderfully made you and is maintaining that. First, uh, uh, Psalms 139.14, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. So when, sanctification is I'm, 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 I'm holding on to that. Uh, you know, Miles Monroe in the, uh, in the book uh, Understanding Your Potential, I believe. Releasing Your Potential. Yeah. Understanding Your Potential. Uh, don't be born original and die a copy. Don't be born an original and die a copy. Why? Because originality is sanctification. Originality is sanctification. That's why after God told us be not conformed to this world. No, after he told us, uh, present yourself as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, the next verse he said, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? That you can prove what is the uh, good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. Is that it? Right. So, so think about that. So, so originality is sanctification. And, and, and I, was, I was meditating on this. I don't think we realize how many people just live unsanctified lives. They ain't even trying. And see, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about take the next best from here. Can we make an effort because God wants to move, man? Like, like you hear a lot of church people always talk about, man, revival's coming. I think revival's coming. It ain't coming if we ain't sanctified. It ain't coming if we ain't in harmony. We, definitely not if we're in self. I'll I tell you this. It's going to be hard to come when you got 150, 250 ambitious people only thinking about their next move because they're not all in. Um, um, can, y'all can't see this plug, can y'all? Can y'all see this plug right here? Yeah. Okay. Guess what? The Tino is, I can see it. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in position. All right. So is this, is this plug for some lights or something? It is? Get out of here. Nah, I don't believe you. Let me see. Oh, my God, it is. The lights went out? You don't like that because it's messing up your whole picture, ain't it? All right, so so what happened? I just what? What did I do? I unplugged it. Wait, wait. I unplugged it, right? So it's not connected, right? We done lost some power? Oh, my God. That's interesting. All right. Let me plug it back up because we want to get some power, right? So hold on. on. We want to get some power so we can see, right? Hey, don't worry about it, camera people. I'll save you. I'm going to plug it back up. 
All right, hold on. Is that plug in there? Oh, you, you close. Come here. Is that plug in there? Just right there. Don't go no farther. All right, so we got power, right? Okay. All right, look up. Is, is that plug in there? Is it in there? Is it in there? Is it in there? Stand up. Yeah. Now, I didn't ask that. Is it in there? Is it in there? No, no, it's in there. No, no, it really is in. <laughs> no, but no, I just asked what's it in there. Now I'm going to ask another question. Is it connected? <laughs> so you could be in there and not connected. Now, to get the power, what we got to do? So, so do I, can I put some of it in? Do it have to be all in? So to get the power, the plug has to be what? Now, so this is interesting. How come that works for the plug, but we don't think it works in our lives? <laughs> like, he, he, did, he did the oh, you know. <laughs> now, 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 now think about that for a second. So now, now some people may say, you know, well, I'm pretty much a solid religious person. You know, I do Bible, I pray, I can pray. Listen, I've been praying for a long time. But let's say if in your mind, God sent you to Ayers Christian Center Church, but the whole time your mind is at the church, but it's also on the moves you want to make. Are you all in? But you're expecting all the power so you can see all the blessings God has for you, right? You're expecting all of God's blessings, but you're not all in because you don't trust God. God sent you to be planted in the house, but you don't trust God. So you're like, I'll plant somewhat, but I'm going to hold back my reserves just in case I can make this move over here. Or I'm going to maintain this relationship you know, for whatever, because they got clout, they got platform, and they got money. But I'm not going to be all in with where God connected me. But we want the results of being all in. See, some of us are in, but we're not, not all in. And it's not a punishment. In every other aspect of our life, is that true? Take a hose and don't, 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 don't fully connect it. You ain't gonna be able to pull all the, all the power out. You're gonna be leaking some stuff, ain't you? You, 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 you know, we have to do it at the house. You, you, know, you don't tighten it all up. Well, it's spraying all over the place. You're not getting full power, right? So you got to be all in. So that's the that's the thing. It's not. It's a principle in our lives, and we know this, but we don't apply it when it comes to the kingdom. That's the thing. A lot of these things we're using. We're just excusing it when it comes to the kingdom. If it's something that we want, if you want to get that promotion, you're going to do everything. You're working every hour possible. Do you want to get your promotion in life? You understand what I'm saying? Now, we started off by saying there's some things you may hear that may be conviction, but don't let that distract you from getting the completion. Right? Because sometimes we can be so caught up in the conviction, we walk away from church. You, I might get a call later be like, man, I was just so convicted about such. Did you hear the rest of the message? Right, so I want you to hear the completion because God is not just trying to convict you. Conviction is for change, but he's trying to open you up to get the information that you need so you don't have to live in a conviction, okay? We good? All right, so sanctification is also holiness. Thank you, Stella. <laughs> it's also holiness. It's a supernatural restraint. Supernatural restraint, right? That's what holiness is. It's, 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 it's uh, being in God's presence, right? In God's presence, right? So this is the thing about holiness or this aspect of sanctification. Others can, I can't. 
See, see, this is what where we struggle. We struggle with they are doing it. Do you want what they are getting? I mean, everything they're getting. I mean, I know sometimes at high level you see people, you know, maybe driving this and they're doing that. Like, like, and 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 again, because I'm exposed to a lot. Do y'all realize? You know, I don't even know if the young people realize. You realize a lot of stuff that you see, like a lot of houses people in, they rent those houses. I'm talking about mansions. They don't own the mansion. <laughs> That's why you'd be like, how they lose the house? Never was there. <laughs> Right, and then like videos, you know, they, they they just be having all the stuff for the videos. Like they don't own none of that stuff. In some cases, some cases people do. Let's let's let's, let's not get it twisted. Like like you know, I just uh, you know, I, I won't mention no names, but suppose today you found out somebody took uh, a, a million dollars, one point three million dollars from you. How would you feel? Like y'all looking like you, you like one point. Well, that just happened to somebody. No, but that just happened to somebody. It was, it was more than that, but I'm just saying that's happened to somebody. Why? So, so you you don't just get what they have; you get all the other stuff too. So I, I just I just want us to realize like 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 um, we gotta cross over to understanding that in the life in the kingdom, others can we can. Others can, we can't. Second Chronicles 31, uh, uh, 18 says that they sanctified themselves in holiness. They sanctified themselves in holiness. Second Chronicles 31, 18. Now, what it is is they, 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 they set themselves apart for a solemn service. They were wholeheartedly committed is what, when, it, when it says a solemn service. Wholeheartedly committed to the service of the Lord. That's what sanctification is. So when I play off my life, I'm playing off service to the Lord, not appeasing man, and I do service to the Lord as an honorable mention, you know, at my convenience. You know, if I'm living a sanctified life, yes, I'm, see, 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 I'll tell you this. When I first joined the church that I was at for 18 years, you know, you know, they was talking about being plugged in and things of that nature. So I said, man, you know, I need to get plugged into something. So I looked around. I said, okay, I could work with the youth, but this guy's already working with the youth. And I said, no, I need to, I need to join something where I'm not in control, you know, where somebody got to tell me what to do. You know, because in, in, in all my jobs, I was in control. And even as a ball player, I was the, the captain, the leader, the coach. So I said, I'll just do something. So I joined uh, what they call security and maintenance, which I ended up being an armor bearer. But I remember I used to come to church. All right, let's see. Don't start laughing. I ain't even get it out yet. So I used to come to church. I had sweats, and I just had one leg up and one leg down. Yeah, I was just fresh out of New Jersey. So this was during the week, and I, and I never shaved during the week. During the week. Sunday, I shaved. You know, I was, I was positive during the week. And then, uh, then, the, then my wife's like, well, people, you know, you know, people going to think such and such. I was like, I don't care what they think. Do you love me? Yeah, that, that was my line. Do you love me? I was like, that's all I care about. And um, so then when I joined the security maintenance team, I had to wear slacks and a shirt. You know, that was a part of my attire, you know, you know, to be excellent. I had slacks and a shirt. I just wasn't trying I really actually didn't really care what people thought. Like, like nobody had to tell me. So I have to wear slacks in the church. The people's like, well, you look nice today. So I don't look nice no other day just because I was <laughs> I was a trip, right? But what I'm saying is because I joined and got plugged in, now there was a demand on how I came to church and how I prepared myself. See, because now, now I'm tied in, I'm, I'm, you know, um, and I'm wholeheartedly committed to serve the Lord. So regardless of what my personal preference was, it wasn't about my personal preference. It was about what's the requirement? You got it. When I need to be here, no problem. When I became an armor bearer, I had to stay until the last counseling session. And he did a lot of counseling sessions after church. Sometimes we wouldn't leave to two in the morning. And, and, and uh, Pastor Mel be in the sanctuary in the dark, door be open like, 
we had a back door to the, the offices, so the door would be able to so she'd be sitting on the inside because we had one car. And she wasn't tripping or complaining because what? We were wholeheartedly serving the Lord. So we just left. Hey, we just be back there until the last council session was done. Whatever it took. Um, and we wasn't leaving until he left. Like, what? Wholeheartedly serving the Lord. But I noticed something. You know, I've been watching what God has been doing and what y'all haven't seen yet because he's about to reveal some other stuff. God's wholeheartedly breathing on Eric's Christmas in the church. Wholeheartedly. Like, the stuff God's doing is amazing. I was just talking to uh, Bryce. I don't know if y'all remember Bryce and Hallie. Um, but he coaches at UMBC, but they're members of the church. Well, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so we were talking today, and I was just saying, man, just the stuff that God is doing. God wants to wholeheartedly do stuff in your life, but he needs you wholeheartedly prepared to handle it. Right? So he's asking, could you really sanctify yourself for real? Like for real this time. You want you you want it, but I've been wanting it more than you. But I can't put it on a, a vessel who's not prepared to handle it. Uh, Doctor Dollar uh, was teaching some years ago, and uh, was ages ago, and he said, uh, you know, he was battling uh, prostate cancer one time. I don't know if y'all knew that, but he uh, so he was carrying around water, the jugs of water everywhere he went, changed his diet, and so he learned something about his diet and the Lord sat him down and said now that you got this revelation can I talk to you about what's been the hold up because Dr. Dollar also had an attitude like he would snap on people uh, one time was one of the workers at the church he was so upset with him he threw his coat at him because he wanted the, the worker to swing so he could hit him he, it's, it's, he has a book out it's called it's, 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 this is old old long uh, but I read it, it was on love. The Lord was teaching them love. And um, so so he said, he said, uh, Creflo, I got so much anointing I want to put on your life, but you can't even handle it right now. And he showed them the temple. He said, look at the temple. He says, the stones were cut and crafted to precision. They just set them things in place. How they were painted and, 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 and each, each design was so intricate when they finished building the temple to spe specifications, detail, and excellence, the, the spirit of God came in the temple and the priest couldn't stand the minister. The anointing was so thick. He said, you're the temple of, of God. This is what we told Dr. Dollar. He said, if you don't set, sanctify yourself, the anointing that you desire I can't even put on your life. It'll kill you. It's the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God. You're carrying all this stuff that you're comfortable with, but you're limiting my anointing, so I can't, I can't use you in your full capacity. So the sanctification is not a punishment. It's a blessing. It's God wants you, all the things you're believing for. How about if the only thing missing is the anointing? I, I done did this. I dot my eyes across my teeth. I, I read 17,000 scriptures. Suppose the only thing missing is the anointing. And you can't get the anointing because you ain't sanctified. Suppose that's the only thing missing in your game. Are you willing to get, get if you, are you willing to do what it takes to get the missing piece? Because there's a price to pay for the anointing. Right? And a part of that price is sanctification, right? All right, so so uh the scripture says in the first Thessalonians four seven. He said, the, the scripture says, I've called you to holiness. I've called you to holiness. First Thessalonians 4, 7. When the scripture tells us in Ephesians 4, 24, we were, we were in Ephesians 5, but Ephesians 4, 24, it says, well, 4, 23 says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Ephesians 4.23, 4.24 says, and that ye put on the new man, which after God, look, is created in righteousness and true holiness. So there's, there's a, a counterfeit holiness, but it says a true holiness. So basically what he's saying, wake up and live out of the new man created in true holiness. 
The old man is going to be faking the funk with religion. It's going to look religious. It's going to know all the religious lingo, but it ain't going to have no power. Right? He says, but if you walk in a new man, you'll operate in true holiness. So it's so something, you know, when we teach spiritual authority, which we'll be teaching probably within the next couple months or so, but, you know, many rightful things uh, we won't do when we start to operate in sanctification. Many speakable words we won't say. They can say it, but I can't. This is not outward pretension, but restraint of God and the Spirit. That's funny to y'all, but it ain't funny to me. Yeah, y'all can laugh at that all you want to. Y'all can look at that, but I'm not looking. Right? Because I'm trying to get something that, you know, it may be okay for you to dismiss, but I, I got to have it. I got to have it. I got to have it. See, the adversary will tempt us. He, he just wants us engaged. He doesn't care if you beat him. He just wants you to leave God's presence to defeat him. See, the adversary doesn't care if you beat him. He just needs you to leave God's presence to defeat him. He just wants you caught up. Caught up. I told them. I said to them, oh, no, no, no. We're going to get this. We're going we to flip this. We can get this right. You better watch. Just jumping to be right. Jumping to... Uh, judge, criticize, and I'm not talking about the judgment where you, you know people say don't judge me. I'm talking about really like almost seeing yourself at a, a, a level above everyone. Um, so so much that you gotta you you're the correction. God has designed you to be the super corrector, right? You gotta watch because sometimes you may be right, but you can be in, you can be proving the devil wrong, defeat him, right? When the whole time you've left God and not even realized. So he's trying to draw you out of sanctification. He's trying to stop us from fulfilling our ordination, what we were set apart to do. So temptation is just the adversary creating a spiritual peer pressure to lure you from the Holy Spirit's leading into compromise, chaos, and consequences. So temptation is just the adversary creating spiritual peer pressure. He's trying to lure you from the Holy Spirit's leading. He's trying to lure you from the Holy Spirit's leading uh, into compromise, chaos, and consequences. So that's what he's trying to do, just trying to pull you out of God's presence. And, and, and so I know this is going to be hard for us, but, but God's going to be challenging us to return to that life of an eagle. You know, sparrows fly in flocks, but eagles, however... Like, they're fine alone. And, and, and you got to watch just always want to be on that low level because you don't want to do any high flying. And then we don't want to do high flying if we're not prepared for purpose, if we're not sanctified. Like, we don't want no altitude. A wind blow and we running for cover like a sparrow. Right, so, so God is trying to, God is going to challenge all of us, whatever level, whatever age we at, you know, and it's not going to be abundance of people doing what God asks you to do. You know, a lot of times if people don't get abundance of support, they back off. It's okay only if everybody's in agreement. If everybody's doing it, I'll do it. If everybody says it's okay, I'll do it. But no, God is going to have you doing something that, what you were sharing uh, with me. You know, like you have to, uh, I think you're saying like stick to it. Like, you know, God told you something, even though the crowd Maybe communicate something else. You got to stick to it. And I tell you, as pastors, we have to do that because if we just go with everybody's personal preference, we'd be like puppets around here. Because, and everybody's not saying nothing negative. You know, some of these people give, hey, man, this is a, this, this would be a good teaching for people to get. They, they, didn't, they didn't get the conversation that we had where the people was like, well, I, I hate when you teach that. See, you see what I'm saying? So we, we got to, Lord, what you want communicated. Like, uh, I was teaching Sunday and we were talking about I guess we were talking about sanctification I know we were talking about the Holy Spirit we were talking about you know just really getting locked in so you got some people amen hallelujah you got some other people like man come on man man can't nobody do that in the same audience you see what I'm saying so you gotta you know you know the the, the mature people are like you know like at the house you got the mature brother yeah dad I don't know why they keep doing that no, I hope they get their grades together <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Because they got their grades together. But the person that, that ain't got their grades together, like, man, why we got to keep doing homework? You see what I'm saying? Like you, 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 so we have to deal with that full package. 
Um, a lot of people don't fulfill purpose because they don't fly like eagles, basically. They don't fulfill purpose, they don't fly like eagles. And 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 so so I'm talking about sanctification and I'm talking about setting ourselves apart. And I know, but I'm not talking about depressed isolation. That's a fleshly setting yourself. I'm talking about I'm, I wrote something here. Let me see where it's at. Uh, though we're natural in our daily fellowship, so our daily fellowship, we're natural people, right? In our daily fellowship, we're natural people. We're supernatural in our daily represent, representation of the Father. So even though we fellowship with people, we go to work, we fellowship with people daily, we're still supposed to be operating supernaturally in representing the Father, right? So, so, so we're like, and then I'm going to use a, a, a movie because I, you know, uh, we're like X-Men among the crowd. You know what I'm saying? So they were operating with people normal, but they all had superpowers. All right, so so we're um, we're the people daily. We're with people daily in the natural, and at the same time maintaining our connection with God. That's what sanctification is. So it's it's not. I'm gonna go off into uh, what what is those things? Uh, uh, you know, a hut or you know, I was watching a movie the other day. I'm, I'm really looking for something, but. But you know how people just I used to go off like a monk. That's what I was thinking, right? It's not. No, 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 no. We're still we're we're still uh, connecting with people natural, but at the same time we're me- we're maintaining our connection with God. Now the scripture says this. So we're in the world, right? But at the same time we're of the kingdom. We're in the world, but we're of the kingdom. John fifteen. Let's look at John fifteen real quick. John fifteen. Because I want to get into the one same question next week. So I'm going to try to give you this last little piece of this. John 15, 18 and 19. It says, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you, right? It says, if you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you right so even though we're operating with people naturally at the same time we're of the kingdom right and so we haven't come far from the book of John they hated they hated them because of the word they hate you because of the word uh, you go down to verse 24 it says if if I had not done among them the works which were done which none other man did they had not had sin. But now have they both seen and hated both me and my father. But this coming to pass that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law. They hated me without cause. You know what he just said? He said, because I did things supernaturally, they hated me. And so as you do things supernaturally, people, it's going to make people uncomfortable because it's going to place a demand on them for them to be sanctified also. Example, you know, the Lord heals Stella. Well, that's taking a whole lot of people's excuses away. Stage four cancer, I mean, ain't going to be too many other examples of cancer where you can go, yeah, but my cancer's different. I got special cancer. You know what I'm saying? Like, what they going to say? And so so either they got to step up or challenge themselves to believe or they got to hate Stella. There she go. Here she come again, Mrs. Heal. You know, now, now, now we're laughing, but you, people are all like that. Yeah. Like, the, like the, 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 the brighter you shine. So, so different environments place a demand on us to submerge with them on the outside. But we, but we do, I put it this way, we're in different environments. So on the outside, we're, we're flowing with the people on the outside. But at the same time, we're maintaining our communion with God on the inside. So you're going to be in navigating the jobs in different places where if you sanctify yourselves, you'll be a walking communion. The walking presence of God. If you don't sanctify yourself, you'll easily conform to them, right? So our, this is the last statement I'll make here. Our sanctification doesn't eliminate our coordination. Our sanctification doesn't eliminate our coordination with our brethren. 
right? Only thing that eliminates us is, is our carelessness during when we're serving people. So our sanctification doesn't eliminate our coordinates because a lot of people go, well, I'm sanctified. Don't come near me. Don't come around me. Don't talk to me. That's not what the goal is. The goal is for you to be so powerful, you change the atmosphere around you. I'm sorry. I said that was the last comment. This is, I, I promise, this is the last comment. So never assume the false position of being elite. Never assume the false position of being elite. Not taking an attitude of being holier than thou. But guess what? But, but being a representation of being holier than flesh. So listen, I'm not, we're not walking around sanctified saying, I'm holier than thou. But we are saying what? We're holier than flesh. <laughs> right? You think you're holier than thou? No, I'm not, I don't know if I'm holier than thou, but I'm holier than flesh. <laughs> right? Because that's what we should be. So, so we'll just end right there with, with sanctification on I, th I think that we'll, we'll just roll with that and then um, so we can get into the one saved question next week. All right, so what do, what do we learn? What stood out for us? What do we realize? 